Hello all you budding adventurers, my name's James and welcome back to another episode of the 9 to 5 ADV podcast where we talk affordable and accessible adventure bike riding. With me this week is my regular co-host Ross, who is, I believe, just as sore and tired as I am. Yep, still feeling it. Uh, this is being recorded, what, three days after we got back from the Yamaha Motocross experience and yes, I can, uh, I've still got the aches and pains to remind me of the weekend. Yeah, it was... It was great fun, though. Definitely. Um, It's what we're going to be talking about this week. Uh, For those of you that don't know, that's what we did last week. I took the Tet uh, from Friday. So Friday, Saturday, I took the Tet from Exeter up to Salisbury, which is where this motocross track was, and then did the motocross experience on the Sunday. Ross, you went up on Friday Friday night. night. Yeah, camped up there at the track in the field there with the Yamaha boys, which was great. And then, yeah, I did two days of of motocross riding along with our, our buddy Colin, which was yeah amazing fun, but really exhausting. And um, I think it served to prove how important bike fitness is. And despite the fact that both of us do, you know, a reasonable amount of either motorcycling or cycling and things, motocross really is a, a whole new level of <laughs> endurance. It's, it's mad. You think lugging a 200 kilo bike around green lanes would give you enough energy and stamina to do a motocross day but one 20 minute session around that track i mean it's not a flat track by any means so there's a lot of no i think we'll, we'll link uh we'll link in the description to the actual track we use there's a there's a couple of good videos on on youtube of people racing around it and it's yeah it's pretty pretty hilly it's right on a, a hillside just outside salisbury isn't it so mm. um so you you came up on the final leg of the great western trail is that right yeah so how, how'd well, you rate that if you yeah, so if you do the trip Greyhoun Trail clockwise, which is meant to be, and let's say you start from Salisbury Plain, which I think is sort of where it starts and ends, yeah, then this will be the last leg that you do. So uh, last month I did what you would call leg one, so Salisbury down to down to here, yeah, so sort of Timmouth, Dartmoor, sort of South Devonish. Yeah. Then you've got section two, which takes you down to Lands End. You did that last three. summer, didn't you? Yeah, last October actually. Oh, okay, yeah. So. And then back up, and then Exeter to Salisbury is the final leg. Would you say it's a case of best till last? No, it's the opposite. Oh. No disrespect to the linesmen, because what they do is a huge voluntary service, and the routes that they make are great. They make sure that you pass through local areas and petrol stations and places to stay and places to eat, as well as you know mixing in some good sites and some good trails. I think when you when you ride the Tet, I mean, for me, it's it's two things. It's the sense of adventure, so you're seeing places and things, and I suppose cultures as well. Not really down here, but more well, of... I suppose we have got culture, yeah. we're just used to it. <laughs> but you see, it's, it's more about... The whole point is is you're traversing in a way that you wouldn't normally around yeah, the area. Yeah. And it, but, but at the same time, if you're traveling to a new area, you do want to see the best parts of that area yeah and then the second part of that is is going to be the trails themselves so you want an interesting trail riding experience that's not necessarily too arduous especially if you're doing day after day after day yeah yeah. but still interesting challenging to so where did this leg fall down was it in the more in the kind of sightseeing side of things or was it more in the technicality of the and quality of the trails so i i think if i was to sum up this section in three words or terms it would be farms churches and 
houses that you cannot afford. There's a lot of houses in South Wiltshire that you cannot afford. Yeah. You go through so many little hamlets and yeah. have this nice sort of Wiltshire stone buildings and, and lovely churches and and that's all it is. It's country lanes. There's not there's a few nice views, but there's not a lot. I mean It's not like we have stunning vistas here like you do on Dartmoor, is it? Um in in Wiltshire it's a lot of just open fields and relatively kind of barren i almost want to say uninteresting yeah landscape which is probably not really fair on wiltshire yeah and there are some there on the flip side there are some really good lanes okay um there's one quite near the beginning which is in east devon which is a really really steep hill climb that's up around honiton way is it? Yeah, yeah not recommended on a big bike if you're not used to trail riding you said you thought that was probably the steepest and most kind of um i th- that we've done the trail longest riding one you've done mm. yeah it's one of those ones where it starts to get steep and you think, okay, this is a hill climb. And then every like 50 meters, it goes up a- another few degrees. Right. Yeah. And you think, how steep is this thing going to get? And you do have an, and you know, it's not overly difficult because it's quite wide. It's it's big, loose stones. So that it, it's one of those ones that if you stop, you're going to have a struggle to get going again. Yeah, yeah. But it's quite fun. There's another Holloway, which um, I talked about last episode which is those big really steep sort of sandstone walls that you yeah, drive th- that you ride through foot, 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 um, just footsteps yeah it? this one's up in yeovil okay. another one of the famous ones and this one's quite interesting because they've actually sort of cut and carved sort of mountain bike and and motocross bike trails through the through this trail oh yeah is that, so that's where you said you bumped into this kind of lunatic on a dirt bike yeah yeah, which is quite funny. I've got some GoPro footage that I will that I will put up because we met this guy and then he just shot off up this like nice this almost vertical hill, and then <laughs> he just kept sort of popping out at different sections on the trail. So yeah, there's the trails themselves are pretty good, but the other problem is that they're quite few and far between. There's a lot of road in this section, probably the most I would say out of mm. out of the whole of the Great Western Trail. So I don't know whether I'd say to miss it, but I would. It's not one to prior. If you if you're only doing certain sections, it's not one to prioritize. Yeah, basically. I wouldn't do it again. No, um, it's a, it's a I tick don't box, think sort of. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so moving on then from that, onto the Yamaha motocross experience. So for you, James, it, I guess it was even more different than for me because I at least ride an enduro bike generally. Mm. Um, I've, I'm used to smaller bikes. I've got a WR250, which is the bike that we were predominantly using on the day. For you, it was it's quite different coming off the Tenere onto the onto the motocross bikes and enduro bikes. How did you find uh, adapting to something so small and light? Yeah, so other than when I did the Yamaha dealer experience at Silverstone back when I used to work at, at four Bridge, years which ago though, three quite, four years ago, quite a that. while back, and it was quite a flat little track. Other than doing that, and, and uh, that was before flat on mine as well. Mm, but that was before I had any sort of yeah trail riding or off-road experience at all other than that i've had i've had nothing and uh, apart from the odd like you said the odd lane on yours it was it was quite funny i thought because the night before we got there it was just us and the instructors and we had a little a little play on the ttr on the 125 on the 125 just on the grass and i thought this is nice and easy and then what's all the fuss about (laughs) yeah and then and then tom who's an instructor he's got a tenere but with the standard road tires on. Yeah. So you told him that mine was geared up for a bit more. Yours was off-road. the village bicycle as well. So <laughs> so he hopped on that Everyone and can have a go. and had a go around around the motocross track. So me and you sort of rode around 
just sort of cutting through the track, just getting to the different jumps and uh, waiting for him to come past. So I thought this is easy, you know, absolutely fine. Nothing to worry about. Uh, the next morning we hopped on the bikes and we did the going around in circles. Yeah, so, just, so for people that, just so we kind of explain the format of the day, the first thing that the, the, that they do um, with everybody that goes, regardless of ability, is just get you to ride on a grass field in a circle. Um, sounds super boring, and to an extent it is, but for them it's a really useful tool to gauge confidence and interest. And bearing in mind, on this day we had a huge range. We had one of my friends came down who had literally never ridden a motorbike, we had um, a few women came along who just had their CBT, so only had L plates. Uh, we had some pretty competent green laners with us. We had some guys that had done motocross in the past, so real, real mix of abilities. So it's important for Yamaha to kind of gauge that from the get-go, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's it, some, some useful coaching points as well, well at that point, ag- isn't it? Exactly. The big thing for me was sitting forward. And they say they really struggle with this with guys that come from the road and on from bigger bikes is that they always sit too, way too, too far, far back, back. and i struggled through this throughout the day but going around the circles i was in the quick group i thought i was making pretty i thought i was going pretty quick around the circle doing pretty well and i thought yeah, this will be fine i've got this i've got this this will be fine and then the first session around the track i came off i did exactly <laughs> i did exactly the same on my first day as well um and it was, I think for both of us, it was sitting too far back on the bikes. Yeah. And, and, and you, lose the, the, you lose the front end. Exactly. There's no, there's no pressure and no grip on the, on the, on the front, front tire. And, um, it just washed out from under me. Yeah. And, and not only that, but at the end of a 20 minute session. You're so tired, aren't it you? It is agony yeah. on, on your forearms more than anything else. And, and, and you, you know, by the end you kind of, I, i I feel like I almost got it. But I think that you definitely got it in terms of finding that that correct position. Interestingly, I found I was less tired at the end of the second day than I was at the first. Mm. And to me, that suggested that I'd learned something. Yeah, you'd found Um, the right position to be I'm not saying by any stretch perfect or I'd got it, but definitely I was finding the technique easier um, and listening to what they'd sort of said. Um, Hmm. I guess the other reason it's more tiring than green laning as well is with green laning we've spoken in the past about you know trying to be semi-respectful and keep speeds at a sensible level um, thinking about what could come around the corner you could find a horse you could find a log something like that with motocross it's not like that at all you can see around the corner you know there's going to be nothing there there's nothing unexpected because you're doing lap after lap of the same thing and therefore you're trying to ride as fast as you physically can Hmm. everywhere so just from that point of view it's significantly more um tiring yeah and it's the same it's the same if you've ever done a track day as well it's yeah it's those you think okay 15 20 minute session that's not very long but uh, halfway through that session you're you're almost begging to come off yeah i know i mean i think we did what was it five sessions on the sunday i think it was in the end it's quite a few well we've, um, i think we all we all finished an hour earlier that we all finished up just after three and it yeah. went till four so everyone kind of just got to that point where it was People were just done. People were just completely done. So, which is a shame because I, I, obviously looking back, it's like food that you chuck. It's like a Chinese takeaway that you chuck in the <laughs> bin. You always, <laughs> you always think, I wish I'd, you know, done more, done more. But the risk is then you you risk an injury or something. And I think most people were sensible enough that came to go. Actually, if I go out for one more session and try and push it, hmm. you know, that's when you're going to crash. It's when you're going to hurt yourself or damage a bike or something. Which that's one thing i was amazed at how relaxed the guys from yamaha are about the bikes now that's not to say that they don't care about them because the bikes are all immaculate they've all got like nice plastics on them 
um nothing's bent they're all virtually brand new bikes yeah but they really don't worry about you crashing do they you know no. it's not a big deal they don't say oh please don't crash the bikes they accept that that's going to happen they accept that clutch levers are going to get bent and broken that plastics are going to get damaged and that allows you to kind of find and, and push your own limits a little bit mm-hmm. um whereas when i've done things like track days and maybe adventure bike experiences i've always found that you just get the sense that the instructors are good, certainly on a track day obviously for but even on the adventure bike sort of things you feel like they they don't really want you to fall off the bikes because you're going to damage them and things like that and i thought it was really really great how relaxed the the guys from yamaha were about, about the bikes yeah no, that's a good point. Actually, I I, I totally agree. The, especially after going on the the old Triumph Adventure experience, yeah. you you definitely got that opinion of kind of go slow, don't almost don't Take try any and, risks or anything. Yeah, which to learn you do, you need you to. You have to. Well, at any point of you yeah, know, you're always learning, aren't you? And therefore, you always have to take a certain element of risk. So I, I thought that was that was like one of the best things about the day was the the sort of free reign you were given with the bike to kind of find your own kind of comfortable level yeah no that's it no, i agree um so i suppose from a ignoring adventure riding just from a, a motorcycling point of view would you recommend a motocross day i mean how much is it it's like 180 quid 175 pounds for the day mm-hmm. um, and then there's discounts for subsequent days if you book on which is which is pretty fair yes 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 and yes i would recommend it to anybody but the most cautious risk averse people i know anybody that i know that's up for fun i would recommend it to motorcyclist or not you even the risk of it you don't think that, that it will be of a benefit to that kind of person well maybe there's i think there's, there are certain people that just full stop wouldn't enjoy yeah I doing suppose. it but other than that yeah pretty much anyone because the instructors are so good the range of bikes they've got is fantastic like i said some of the women we had with us were like what five foot two ish and yeah. they still found bikes that they could ride which was brilliant right the way up to you know you, you at six foot two and mm. like we said the huge huge range of abilities i think for road riders um a lot of the guys that came had never really ridden off road at all if or if at all and only ridden on the road they all went away saying that it given them loads more confidence mm. um, john who came who'd never ridden a motorbike has been googling motor- <laughs> motocross bikes <laughs> and things this week the the, the ones who were uh, on L plates on provisional licenses, all absolutely loved it. They all want motocross bikes now. Um, so yeah, I, th- I honestly I think I'd recommend it to anybody who's kind of anybody that's up for trying something new. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And it is it is a very easy thing to pick up. I mean, even like you said, even even the chap that hadn't who doesn't have his license, who's not really ridden before. He literally until that day he had never sat on a motorbike. Oh really? That that yeah, far? I mean, wow! I've got a video clip of him. With Tom, the instructor, helping him let the clutch out the first time. Mm. So we've got a video of that, within, and that's within the first 30 seconds. of you know Tom's there helping him find the biting point on the clutch, get the clutch out and go. And then I've got a video of him at the end of the day of him popping a little jump off of a, <laughs> you know, a little roller in the track. And that's within five sessions of yeah. riding. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And that's the thing. Those, these, those bikes are so easy to... The basics are so simple. Yeah, so the bikes they use for most most people that go, you're on a WR250F, which is what I ride for green laning. I think it's probably one of the best enduro 
all-round enduro bikes on the market because, like you said, they are so easy to ride. They're, it's unfair to call them a tractor, but that's what, what Tom <laughs> described them as at Yamaha. And he's coming off race bikes. He describes them as tractors, and I think that's doing them a little bit of a disservice. But what he means by that is you can be really lazy with gears. Um, they've got a really, really wide power band, so they will chug their way up anything in virtually any gear. Mm. Um, so for, for novices, you can put it in second, third, and just do the whole tracks. So you don't have to think about um, whacking through the gears and things. They're relatively softly suspended. They're really predictable. Um, the, th- the fueling's fab. They're, they're great bikes. Um, and then for the more experienced riders, they also then bring along a handful of actual full motocross bikes. So they they brought with them, well, they had a YZ85, which um, a couple of the shorter riders had to go on. And that was a bit of a baptism of fire. Jumping from <laughs> a TTR 125 four-stroke to a two-stroke 85. Um, then they also bring a YZ85 two-stroke yz 252 stroke which is unrideable as far as i'm <laughs> concerned i'm nowhere near good enough the yz 250f which is a four stroke um 250 motocross bikes so based on the the wr and then the big boy the the yz 450 which i did have a go on and <laughs> that's like a formula one bike for the dirt it's unbelievable yeah i didn't get to go on that but that did look pretty impressive yeah, did you ride? Did you just ride the WRs all day? Did yeah, I did. I did the WRs thing? all day. I think I was after my first session. I was too tired. I would have. This is the thing. I I really want to go back and do it fresh. Yeah. Uh, not having ridden trail, you know, trail riding for the the past two days because I I feel I would have appreciated you know trying different bikes and feel and getting the sense of different bikes um on the day after the first session. I was so tired. I didn't. I don't think I finished a session after that. I think I came. In, in early just a bit you know just a lap or two early after every session so I, yeah i definitely want to go back and do it again just to try and learn different you did ride one other bike though i did yeah so <laughs> so yeah the t7 um my poor girl she had a few laps around the around the track so i mentioned on the saturday night we rocked up and and tom the instructor who's He's a pretty proficient motocross. He's a pretty proficient, racer, yeah, he? he is. He's 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 smaller than me. He's probably considerably lighter than me. Yeah, a lot fitter than me, <laughs> and a hell of a lot more skilled than me. He's probably one of the most skilled riders I've sort of met and witnessed. Certainly yeah. off road, yeah, definitely. So, as I said before, he's got a, a Tenere, um, his own one, which he uses for commuting, and it's got the standard Pirelli Scorpion STR mm. rally. I think that's all the names, tires, on there. So he took it round on Saturday. Yeah, he took it round during the day when we were. I was there for a few photos and stuff, and basically came in and he was like, "Oh, this is rubbish. Um, Really don't like it." Blah blah. blah. And I said to him, "I said, look, James is coming down later. He's not precious over his bike. I'm sure." I didn't at this point. I didn't quite realise what I was volunteering your poor bike for. But I said, "I'm sure you know he wouldn't mind you taking it for a spin round. It's got some proper." Um, proper knobbly tires on it and he sort of said oh yeah that'd be good and um yeah. yeah saturday evening you handed the keys over to him didn't you yeah so rocked up on saturday evening uh my bike's got the the moto z tractionator ral zeds which i haven't found a knoblier adventure tire yet so he looked at them looked at the state of the bike <laughs> waited for me to take my luggage off and then and then took it looked and, at the state of the bike and said oh yeah it doesn't really matter if I fall <laughs> off this thing <laughs> so he we jumped on the ttrs and then he jumped on the tenere and shot off and then as i was saying earlier we sort of 
be lined between the different sort of ramp well, sections. All I can say is your face was a picture though when you first saw him come past, <laughs> and yeah, well, I can't repeat on here what you said, but the speed he was going. I mean, he thing. was absolutely flying around the track. Yeah, throttle on that to thing. the stop, bouncing the valves. It was mad, and then he came up a hill. There's a, there's a video. I I think it's on on Instagram. Or yeah, if it, yeah. Okay. And it's, I uh, think he put it on the yacht. So if you go on um, whatever they are um, at Yamaha MX Experience, yeah, he's posted it on there. So there's a you can sort of see him disappear down the hill, and then he comes up this hill climb and comes over the crest and flies over this jump, and then shoots off around the corner. And all you can hear is me go, "Where's my number plate?" <laughs> yeah. So it comes back in. There's no there's no number plate. The tail tidy has bent up underneath the, <laughs> the 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 rear end of the bike and the number plate lights completely hanging, mi- off. hanging <laughs> off and then and then it ended up getting going missing altogether in the end yeah and um what happened is because the suspension just isn't set up for jumps on that bike i mean given, especially bearing in mind tom i reckon probably weighs 70 kilos ringing wet yeah and it the it had bottomed out and obviously caught that and bent it all up caught the tire hadn't it yeah so luckily i um i we the guys went around and they did find it it took it took ages to find it though like basically just checking every single ramp (laughs) to find this number plate and bear in mind i had to then ride i was having to ride back from salisbury that evening not that evening the next day yeah back home so i was really stressing out a little bit about it oh we were all really worried as well weren't we though to be fair were you no, I, <laughs> I think we all just found it pretty funny. Uh, but it was, oh my goodness, it was, they found it and it was broken in half. And <laughs> and then the next day we, we strapped it, uh, we strapped it on with uh, cable ties and, um, and taped it up using the AMCA r- racing tape. Oh, is that what you used? Yeah. <laughs> so luckily I didn't, I, I passed one police car. And I thought they were at a junction and I, and I rode past them and there were two people and I saw the person in the passenger seat because I checked my mirror was looking. I thought, please, 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 please. And they didn't. They, yeah. they, they well, left you've me. made an effort to put it on properly. So. Yeah. But I've got, a, I've got a really small one that I've got on now that I accidentally ordered um, and it was too small. But I, I think I'm going to keep that like in my tank bag. Yeah. And go, yeah so if I'm out trail yeah. riding in future... And worst case scenario, I lose my number plate. At least I've got a little one. Spare one to put on. And you're going to order something a little bit more sensible. Yeah. But um, no, I think that considering Tom's whole background has always been motocross, it's not like he is an adventure bike rider or he's not someone that goes out and actively rides adventure bikes. Him riding your Tenere 700, I think, just proves how invaluable riding the smaller bikes can be because the confidence he had on it was unreal. Well, this is the thing. After a after a day of it wasn't even a day we'd done like two sessions and it was lunchtime yeah and um i was already absolutely exhausted and you all egged me to to take mine around the track yeah well i sort of knew you you'd gone about it for so long i would have say, really regretted if i hadn't I knew that you'd yeah, have been disappointed yeah. in yourself if you if you didn't try it yeah so i so i took i took it around myself and you followed tom on his didn't yeah that was the deal was that he was going to ride his with the standard tires yeah Oh, it's great fun though. So much fun. I, I, I wish I'd again. It was just another. One. I wish I'd gone around a few more times. Yeah. On it, but coming off the smaller bikes and learning because the whole morning, Tom was just 
you know, pushing me, get get further up yeah. the bike, get further up the bike, you know, change your position to this, change your position to that. And then putting that into practice on the Tenere, I just felt so much more comfortable. And were you using the same sort of techniques then, sitting at yeah, the front of the bike, sitting, sticking your leg yeah. out on the corners and standing up a bit further forward than you put, than you normally used to, I guess? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we're probably both a bit guilty of when when trail riding, um, sort of standing in that slightly squatting position. I think well, it was certainly something I've realised after this weekend. For me, I think it comes from mountain biking, where you you are in that sort of more squatted position, um, but it's not something I ever realised I did. Yeah, and I suppose because we've trail ride, we've ridden the two of us. We've ridden together more than probably either of us have ridden with anyone else. Yeah. So and, we've... and actually, when we do go out without blowing our own trumpets, we're usually two of the better riders yeah so they're probably well, there normally isn't anybody there to say oh actually your technique's useless <laughs> exactly it's usually we were inviting people out yeah because we started exactly and then people joined us so we've probably just led a generation of bad terrible <laughs> right, terrible <laughs> but that's the thing so this is something that's like so so useful to come out of this is um is yeah massive improvement in technique for us both mm. I think I think this is a this is the big lesson for me is going to be I think next year I mean even in the years to come I'm going to invest more time and a bit of money into actually trying and getting an education as yeah. it were yeah yeah because absolutely. it's so easy to fall into the you know I would have assumed that that was fine positioning because it's always felt that way and and now realizing that changing it slightly has actually made life a lot easier easier. i'm thinking okay well let's let's look at everything else so you know i want to try i want to try the different adventure centers a because it's good for the nine to five adv stuff because i can review them and yeah and bits and bobs but also because I'll You'll pick, pick up, up different things. I pick from, up different from things. Different yeah, I'm quite keen. We're keen to go and try out the Dave Thorpe thing soon. The enduro, mm. not the not the Africa Twin one, because I think a lot of that's road riding. Yeah, but the enduro day they do. I think that's supposed to be very good. Yeah, um, Sweet Lamb is meant to be because they do yeah. the KTM's, that's but they're KTM, meant to be the hottest in yeah. in Wales. They're all in Wales. They're all really mainly in Wales. The the Triumph one looks oh perfect. Right on time. Uh, beer delivery from my wife do you want a cause light or a budvar i know uh, i'll have the budvar please okay you're a cause light kind of guy <laughs> i'm driving so are you hmm. why are you driving because my wife's pregnant exactly she's supposed to drive anyway what was i saying no the triumph i want to do the triumph one because they do like four days so they've got like basics and then bits and if you look at the stuff they teach you it's like you get to like day three and four and it's like jumping the bike and power sliding the bike. I think this is my just issue like, with a lot of these think centers is that they seem to have like a very very prescriptive approach to, to yeah that like you have to do day one two three four whereas with the the yamaha experience i felt like you went in within 20 minutes he'd obsessed your ability mm. and then you did what kind of suited you rather than that being like oh today we're going to do jumping and it's like well if you can already jump you didn't need to do three days of... Yeah, that's true. No, that's a good point. Do they do more sort of training other than... Because obviously experience is... is so, well, so Yamaha do. They have an off-road school for like everybody else does for Tenere's. And I believe that's set in Wales as well. And they do more like enduro stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the motocross experience is just... It's just one day and it is just effectively... Here's a motocross bike. Here's a motocross track. Ride around it. And when you come in... 
Tom and Sam and the, and the guys are on hand to to offer you pointers. Um, so it's not it's, it's not so much I guess it's not very like exploratory and um, it's certainly not natural in any way. Yeah. You know, some of the adventure bike centres obviously you you set up to do things that are I guess a little bit more representative of what you're going to find if you're out trail riding. Yeah, I suppose they're more to teach you how to ride to to ride obstacles and and mm. such. But I think the point that we're getting at here is as as an adventure rider especially if you're going to be doing trail riding highly recommend doing what well, a any kind of training but b a smaller bike yeah i think that's, the, that's, that's be, the thing yeah can be hugely beneficial i feel like i i can ride my i haven't been out on the t7 trail riding since since sunday but i feel that you i'm going to be, be more much more confident on it after just a day on on bikes that are half the size yeah so, but we'll see so I guess so. If people want to get involved with this, like we said earlier, it's 175 pounds for the day. It's actually run through AMSA at the AMCA, so they are kind of like a franchise for Yamaha. Yamaha supply them with a fleet of bikes every year. They run it several tracks, mostly around the Midlands. So if you're based anywhere, kind of Nottingham, Birmingham, Leicestershire, Worcester, that sort of way, fantastic. They have just taken on a new track in Gloucestershire, which we are going to book on and do next year. So if anybody wants to get involved with that, let us know, and we can we can potentially add you to the list. Uh, and then they have Uphaven, which is the one we've just been to in Wiltshire. Uh, their website is www.yamahamxexperience.com, I believe. It might be .co.uk. I'm sure you can find out by Googling it. And they're at Yamaha MX Experience on Instagram, and you can find them on Facebook and things. But uh, yeah, well worth a, well worth a visit. Mm. Keep your eyes out, because I, f- will pop- I think we're going to do do this again, and maybe next year. Yeah, like I said, we're, so, we're doing Gloucestershire one though. I think. Yeah, so the, if the track there looks quite different, so yeah, so if if there's spaces, then we'll put it up. Uh, if anyone fancies coming along, riding with us, then we'll then we'll let you know. So yeah, so when are you next able to put your skills into practice? Is that next weekend? Is it next Wednesday actually? Right. Okay. So next Sunday, I am riding the Rally Moto Tour of Wales. 500 kilometers, 12 hours, talked about it last week, roadbook navigation. Uh, so from the Wednesday to the Saturday, riding the Tet through through Wales. Which so you're is... not going to learn from your mistake this week of riding off-road all the way to an event and then trying to do the event? No, I have learned because we've made an executive decision not to camp. Have you? Mm-hmm. A, because it's less luggage and B, because we haven't had a... I've had one good night's sleep in that tent. I'm not faulting the tent at all. It's it's just a bit small, is it? I don't know. It's not. I don't. Th- I don't think it's the tent. You're just a wimp. Probably, I'm just a wimp. That, I know. I honest. get what you mean. But, though. It's nice to be able to stop, have a shower, mm-hmm. sleep in a bed. There's a lot to be said for recovery time and sleeping. So yeah, it's not quite as adventurous, but I, I get it. Yeah, and on the Friday, um, James Archibald is meeting us at the YHA hostel and at the base of Snowdonia and then the the Saturday's day of Tet, the last section is quite is not too long, so we should finish quite early. Then we'll get to our hotel, relax, have dinner. Should be completely fresh as a daisy for for that twelve hour marathon day. It'll be yeah. fine. It'll be fine. And that's yes, yeah, so that's road book. It's not from what I gather about these, these rally motor things, it's not especially challenging in terms of technicality. No, so it there's is more of a navigation yes challenge. so they've well they do the 500s 
um, throughout the year, which you can enter all of them and then you get cumulative points, blah, 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 blah. They're designed as sort of semi-off-road adventure bike events, but they have been wreckied using a 1200GS on road tyres. So you know they're not going to be anything really much more than it. I've um, seen Tom ride that T7 round on road tyres. <laughs> it depends who's done yeah, the wrecking. That's, that's true. <laughs> it's Simon Pavey doing the wrecking. Yeah. Um, this Tour of Wales, they they have two categories, which is just a plain category and, a, and an extreme category. Listening to some people that have done it already, extreme isn't like what we go out and it's yeah, not like big yeah. gnarly trails that we do. There are some uh, tricky ones, they say, but they're not super tricky and they're at the end anyway. So sure. I think it'll be fine. It'll be fun. We shall see see what happens. Sounds great. And unfortunately, I'm just missing you, aren't I? Yeah. Because I'm in North Wales from this weekend up until Wednesday when you leave to go there. So yeah. unfortunately, we're just missing each other. But I'm I'm going up mountain biking, kayaking, uh, probably a bit of walking and stuff, which would be nice. But then I'm coming back and on the Sunday, uh, one of our local, uh, just a local farm is putting on the, what's called it, it's a core off-road event. Um, and it's just called A Day in the Dirt. Sounds great. It's 35 quid take your own bike along super informal they've got some kids racing from 9 30 till 10 30 and then from 10 30 till 4 30 it's just an open enduro course and ride, ride what you've brought with you sounds um, great no there's no competition there's no points there's no prizes um it's not a race it's literally just an open enduro course to go and ride around with your mates on so um yeah i'm going to do that on the on the sunday which should be uh a lot of fun yeah we'll, and i'm we'll very back on that i'm very disappointed that i'll be in wales doing the rally moto well, you'll be disappointed but you can come on the next one uh which is towards the end of november i think well that's when my 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 daughter is due to be born so i'm not sure well that fair enough if your daughter is literally being born on the day then i don't expect you to turn up but if it's afterwards then I'm, I'm on i'll be on paternity leave yeah that's to me that's time the parent as parents have two on one time with our daughter not to go out james you're how long are your paternity leave for two weeks yeah right surely you're gonna get bored of it within two weeks it not, non-stop it's a she not yet it's not <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be bored of it within yeah, you can't spend two weeks with it constantly you yeah, have to support my wife did you play red dead redemption for two weeks solid when it came out not quite. Not quite two weeks solid. Exactly. And do you really think your daughter's going to be more interesting than that? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. Good. I'm glad we agree. She might be. I don't know. I've not had one before. You'll say, I reckon you'll be out. You're going to be begging to come for a day in the dirt. Yeah, but how am I supposed Bring to... Bring her with you. How am I supposed to Bring just... Bring her with you. I could do, actually. Bring Emily and... What's your daughter going to be called? I don't know yet. We haven't decided. Okay. Tenere. <laughs> Tenere Eaton. There you go. Sounds good. Middle name. Bring them along. She will be a Dakar rider. I know she will. First daddy daughter. There we go. Duo. Name her after your favourite bike and your favourite Dakar stage. <laughs> Unfortunately, Emily's not so dumb that she wouldn't realise that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think she'll cotton onto that pretty quick. But well, let's so see. maybe we'll let's, see how that one see. unfolds. There's another one otherwise on the 27th of December as well. So I'm planning on doing that. How, couple, that sounds couple, fun. A couple of days after Christmas, Christmas. one. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's a bit bored. Like, you know, Christmas Boxing Day. Boom. Something do you reckon we do. get some Santa motocross jerseys? Mm, might be a bit lame. But yeah, why not? That'd be funny. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. 
Um, yeah. Should be good. And I think, well, we're looking for. We're not sure if we're going to watch it immediately, but we're both looking forward to this Friday, aren't we? Oh yeah, a long way up. Long way up. The I'm most so controversial, ex- hated pair of motorcycle <sighs> adventurists in the world. Well, I just don't understand. I don't get why people get so salty about it. Just chill out. I think it's jealousy. It, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Anytime anybody gets good at something, a vast proportion of the population hate them for it. Yeah, that's very true. But it's just like, it's and it's free. I mean, if you're an Apple TV subscriber, it's free. And, <laughs> it's free motorcycle entertainment. Yeah, I mean, exactly. come on, just... And no one's forcing you to watch it. No, that's true. But it, like, it's just um, over it with a gun to your head. You just anytime anyone posts something about it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and it's just you know exactly what people are going to be writing in the comments before you. I think it's because they've done so. They're already like as a pair, they're kind of controversial because people really got to have a bugbear about the fact for, uh, from just based on like long way uh, down and round. Oh, I love the conspiracy theories and then, as well. And on top of that, you had electric bikes, and it's just like, uh oh. <laughs> Yeah, everything that motorcyclists hate combined into one show. They might be delivering vaccines to those UNICEF kids as well, so that would really just top it off, wasn't it? Oh, what? Because people hate charity as well now. No, people hate vaccines. Oh, I see. I'm sure people actually people also do hate charity. Those charity starts at home folks that think that we shouldn't. Shouldn't anyway, help anybody anyway, else. Let's let's not. This yeah. isn't a political. This isn't a Joe <laughs> yeah, Rogan. Yeah, we're getting into anti-vaccine. <laughs> let's not. Yeah. No, we might all of our list, all of our small amount of listeners might be anti-vaxxers, and and that will put us back to, to back zero. To zero. Yeah, and they might all be racists as well. Hopefully not. Yeah, you have our permission to unsubscribe if you are. Yeah, in fact, please do. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> before we go any further, let's wrap it up because we are forty minutes as of now. Oh yeah, Great perfect. Timing. Yeah, your wife's got the pizza oven on. Hopefully. She's just brought us beers. She's got the pizza oven on. Our wives... I mean, it's really stereotypical, isn't it? I don't like that. Our wives have been making, Our wives, yeah. been making dough and preparing dinner for us and bringing us beer whilst we... Chat about our lads' weekend. garbage <laughs> on here. So we should probably go and do something to help. We have invited them. We invited them last week to, what, to join them sit the in as a, as a live... What we could doing be like the... the you know, like in sitcoms, we have the laughter. The canned laughter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think we get a lot. Do we? Would we have to pause for that? The cans would be pretty empty. <laughs> <laughs> and they chose not to, not to take part. Has your wife listened to any any episodes yet? No. Yeah, mine hasn't. It's probably for the best. It's fine. We're allowed to have our own hobbies. This is it, exactly. You know, they have making us pizza and. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you're going to get we, jest. She might, we jest. She might actually listen to this one. Otherwise. I hope not. All this baby banter. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Right. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Um, if you want to follow us or get in touch with us, actually, if you want to get in touch with us, email us. 9to5adv at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us on social media or you want to follow us on social media, I'm on Instagram at 9to5adv. I'm at Devonshire underscore biker. If you want to support the show, then we've got some affiliate links uh, in the episode description. Uh, I won't shake this old stick because I do it every week, but click on them. We get some commission if you buy anything. Great. Thank you very much if you do. If not, 
thank you very much anyway for listening for getting to the end of this and the end of any week we will see you probably not next weekend not because i'll be in wales yeah, you'll be in wales we'll and there'll be a crossover and so we're not gonna be able to have any so time probably be a little break and then we'll catch up yeah um, and i guess the next episode will be predominantly on the welsh tech then yeah which i think is probably going to be the best section of tech in like the it. in the uk yeah. so really excited for that uh maybe a bit on the rally moto and then we're gonna need to find some more generic topics to talk about yeah it should be easy no yep. problem ideal all right thank you for listening keep adventuring folks and we will see you in a few weeks cheers bye